Tired of the manual and time-consuming process of managing logistics in the marine industry? Introducing OpenTug, the first digital booking platform for inland marine transportation. Say goodbye to endless phone calls and paperwork to coordinate shipments. OpenTug's digital booking software streamlines the entire process from request to delivery. With OpenTug's marketplace, operators list capacity and capabilities to win over more shippers. For a custom experience, licensed OpenTug allows operators to leverage the platform on their own websites with custom branding and features to make logistics more efficient than ever before. Ready to supercharge logistics? Visit www.opentug.com slash levies to learn more and get your first year at a discounted price. Welcome back to Between the Levies. I'm joined today by Ms. Kim Bachman, a cook on the motor vessel Dale Heller. She's been in, in the industry for about 17 years, uh, was not her first choice in career, but Mr. Coy Lawrence, back from episode uh, 43 from early April, uh, brought her to my attention. Glad we could finally get this lined up. Kim, thank you for joining me. Hi, nice to be here. Absolutely. Please, these all begin. Tell me, where were you born? I was born in a little town called Birch Tree, Missouri, and I'm pretty sure there's only one Birch Tree in the whole United States. And... Um, I'm I'm over 50, let's say that. And <laughs> I come from a place called Shannon County, where it is mostly like 80% of your industry is going to be timber. And uh, let's see, I went to high school at Liberty High School. I played volleyball. I have two sisters. Uh, my father is a retired auto worker with Chrysler up in uh, Fenton, Missouri. And he was also a senior chief petty officer in the Navy my mom, my mom was just a homemaker. Uh, my grandparents raised us a lot. My mom was just, just the prettiest thing that ever came out of Birch Tree. That's about her claim to fame. And uh, my grandparents were just hardworking people um, that just taught me a lot of good values. Oh, what did your father do in the Navy? Well, let's see, he started in 1962. And then he, uh, he did that until about 64, 65, and he always stayed in the reserves and he trained CBs, that type of thing. And he was stateside in Vietnam. Uh, he came from a family of, he had, there were six of them, brothers and sisters. Uh, they grew up, both my parents grew up on farms with no, no running water, no electricity back in the, the uh, 50s and 60s because we're in a very rural area. Uh, both my grandparents, they, they did very well with the limited resources. All my, my dad, his brothers and sisters, they all have college educations because they knew that sports and education was their ticket out of Birch Tree. So uh, let's see, I played volleyball in high school. I was Miss Birch Tree two years running. And my kids laugh about that. It was, there was no talent involved. <laughs> um, other than that, let's see, I have, I have two kids. Uh, they're both grown. I've got three grandchildren, three granddaughters who are very, very active in sports. Um, for most of my life, I guess from my 20s up until my mid-30s, I did office management and I raised two kids and went to school on the side and chased them in sports. And let's see, I guess uh, I was like 37, 38 years old, and I was just looking for something different to do. Uh, there's not much money to be made where I'm from. And my grandma, she always told me, she said, oh, the things I wouldn't do if I was your age, you know, you're, and it made me realize that you're just never, it's never too late for you. It's never too late. And uh, let's see, I had decided on a, on a, just a fluke, 
I went out to Texas with a friend of mine. Uh, he owned an as or ran an asphalt company, and we laid road for one summer. And that's when I realized that sometimes as a woman, you need to look outside your box to make money and look in a different industry. And I came back from uh, from Texas, and uh, I kind of laid a plan. I just I was just waitressing, bartending, and substitute teaching on the side. And I decided that uh, I was going to start looking outside my box. And I'd always thought about going on into the boats, you know, go, as a cook on a boat, um, because I knew some friends that that did it. And uh, I worked. I'd never really cooked, but I'd work. I'd work for two of the very best cooks in Southern Missouri. So I knew what a, a dinner was supposed to look like. And my grandma, she was always a really good cook. And I know what a good meal looks like. I know what, a, you know, that type of thing and, and what to feed people. So I started laying a plan and I just happened to be in Poplar Bluff, Missouri after Katrina had happened and my grandma had passed away. And I was thinking about what I needed to do. I was going to be hitting 40. I wanted to do something different. And I laid this plan that I was going to apply for the boats. If that didn't happen, which I didn't think they would hire me, I was going to get my CDL because I uh, interviewed with the highway department three times. And if I'd had my CDL, they'd have hired me. And I thought, none of that is going to work. And if that does, none of those two things work, I'm going to pull up stakes, transfer all my college credits and go to nursing school in Springfield, Missouri. And I honestly thought in six months, I'd be living in Springfield and going to nursing school. And I just happened to be in Poplar Bluff and opened up a newspaper and it said, Ingram Barge now hiring. I thought, it's a sign. So I uh, applied with Ingram and it took them a few months to call me. And next thing I know, they interviewed me. They, uh, uh, I went to Paducah. Katrina had just happened. So nobody was really wanting to go into the boat industry. And they only had two cooks apply for a job. And uh, when I got over there, I didn't even get trained. You know, they, uh, I went through the orientation and kind of fudged my way through that, I think. <laughs> they put me in a transport uh, vehicle. They said, well, we're going to put you on a boat and you'll, you'll train down in Helena, Arkansas. So I rode all the way down to Helena, Arkansas. And oh, my stars, I had never seen a boat before. I'd never been on a boat. I didn't even know what one looked like, nothing. And they sent this little tug out to get me. And I started crying because I honestly thought it was going to be on a pirate ship. <laughs> it was just like, oh, my stars. But anyway, they took me to the John Donnelly. And once I was on the Donnelly, I was like, oh, man, this is like a cruise ship. So it was, it, I just, I kind of made my way to there. But the Donnelly, their boat or their stove was broke. So I had to learn to cook and everything in an electric skillet in a crock pot. And I thought, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And then my first boat was the Francis Keegan on the Cumberland River. It's where I spent 10 years with, I worked with a lot of the Burkhards and uh, stayed on that, just went from Paducah to Nashville, Paducah to Nashville, about every three days. And I learned to cook and I was on a, with a wonderful crew, just, you know, an absolutely wonderful crew. Um, I kind of laugh because when I first came on the boat, the engineer, his name is James McDowell, and we called him Bubba, but he called his wife and he said, oh, Miss Charlotte, I, we've got us a young cook and I think I'm going to lose some weight. Well, the big joke was in a year, he went up two sizes in his overalls. <laughs> and then, um, let's see, I don't, I don't know what to say. I rode the river all the way from St. Paul down to uh, New Orleans. 
I've never really been on a bad boat. And um, I was on the Keegan for 10 years and it was, it was just great. It was really great, but I just decided it was time for a change to see something different. And I made my way to Koi's boat and it's just a wonderful, a wonderful boat there. And I've got to say the river has given me so many opportunities that I never thought that I would ever see. Uh, I think everyone should see the world from the riverside. It's completely different and it's a whole different life that we live. Um, oh, one more thing. Ingram, you know, they have uh, opened up some new things for, uh, for their employees. And I knew that I lacked only a few college credits, you know, to get my degree, my bachelor's degree in business. And uh, now you can do so much online before you could, you know, about even uh, 10 years ago, you couldn't do what you can do online now. And so I heard about this, uh, this program where, you know, if it would fit into the boat industry, that Ingram would pay for my for the, my college tuition. So I called Nashville and they said, sure. So I'm, I'm finishing up my college degree, which I may never do anything with it. I don't know. And education is never lost. Never. You know, uh, I always thought it was going to be part of my retirement thing, but now, you know, that's, that's coming true. So um, what, what would you like to ask me? <laughs> well, um, what prompted your departure from college back in the day? I had kids to raise. I was having, I was doing it at a satellite school with Southwest Baptist. Um, and I was just doing it on the side, you know, at night. So I was going to school three nights a week and where I'm from, you could only go so far. And then I was going to have to transfer and finish in Bolivar, Missouri, which is like an hour and a half away and go three days a week. And I couldn't afford to. And like I said, I, I had gone so far that I, I was going to have to go to a bigger school. And it was just came to a point in time, I was tired of being poor and I needed to do something different. And I thought, well, I can always finish. One thing about my daddy, I told you all of his, his uh, brothers and sisters had graduated from college and, you know, moved away and this and that, except for daddy. Daddy still didn't have his college degree until he was 55 and he went in on GI, GI Bill and got his degree in accounting when he was 55. And I thought, well, if daddy can do it at 55, surely I could do it now, you know. So um, I'm just real proud of that. I think I'm going to do well in that. Um, let's see, what else did I have to say? Oh, a lot of people from where I'm from, they, uh, I knew a lot of captains, and they had talked to me about going on the boats. And I had one friend of mine, he asked my son, he said, can she cook? And my son, oh, she, my son said, oh, she can cook. She just can't drive worth a flip. And the cap or this guy said, well, we'll just, we won't put her to drive in the boat. We'll just <laughs> keep her cooking. But you know what? If I had it to do again, and if I was younger, I would go in, I would deck and I would go right to, I would try to go to the wheelhouse. I encourage everybody who comes on the boat, especially the young deck hands. You know, you don't want to stay on deck, go to the wheelhouse or go to the engine room, you know, because where else could you find a career that you're going to make? $150,000 a year and only work six months with limited education, you know, so I, I, I just think it's a wonderful thing for, for anyone. And uh, what else could I talk to you about? <laughs> well, backtracking a little bit, tell me, uh, I guess, in whatever detail you, you care to share that very first time stepping on the Donnelly. Um, and like you said, you'd never been on a boat. I had a similar, not quite that big a boat, but a similar experience. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I, first of all, I went on that little tuck and it was in the middle of the night in Helena, Arkansas, which we had just went through. We went through a little town called Turkey Scratch, Arkansas on the way to Helena. 
And I knew that was where Levon Helm was from. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. So it's in the middle of the night and I get on this little tug, this little rough tug. And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? What have I done? But as soon as I got on the Donnelly, you know, I looked, it is, it is like, it's a house. It's a floating house, you know? And one thing about it, we all live together. We don't, and it's, it's eat, work, and sleep. You're completely disconnected from the rest of the world, pretty much. I mean, we have cell phones and television and things like that, but you have to have a mindset for tow boating. You really do. Because um, I've always said, this is terrible to say, it's a lot like being in prison. You know, whatever's going on at home, it can't mess with you on the boat. You have to have a mindset for it. And, you know, when I walked on the boat, I had a mindset that I was going to make it work. And in my hometown, everybody was kind of laughing at me and they were taking bets saying I wouldn't last 30 days. So I had to make two trips at least, you know, just to prove everybody wrong. And I have, I have never regretted it. Never regretted it. Not once, not once. And I really think that anything I've ever done, even when I went back to office management, uh, you know, you have to know how to work with people. You have to know to order how to order things. You have to know budgets. Uh, see, I managed, uh, it was, a, a we made treating, treated lumber, you know, so I've always worked with men at cattle sales and things like that because I had a big, my family had a big farm and I was always around men. So I knew how to work with, with men and still, you know, uh, hold my own and, uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't looking for a husband. I was there to work, you know. If a woman's going to go in there, she needs to go in there as a woman to do a job. And that's just how I feel. So, uh, well, tell me, uh, I guess, what a day in the life of a cook on a, on a line haul vessel is. And I guess, uh, the, I guess the full hitch, what, what is, what does that all encompass? Oh, my stars. My morning starts about two 30, two 30 in the morning. And it does not end until six or six 30. And I fill my day. I net, I try never. I mean, there are some things I'll cook twice or whatever but I try to never cook the same thing twice you know and I always go with a good I started waiting tables when I was like 15 16 years old at a little country diner and uh so I know that a man or, or what you really need to eat at lunchtime and stuff like that is going to be you know they want meat and potatoes and vegetables I make lots of desserts, lots of desserts, lots of pies and cakes and cookies and things like that every morning it's biscuits and gravy. And I would say it's 57 ways how to kill a pig, you know, <laughs> sausage and bacon and everything else you can imagine, you know. And I, I just, I fill my day. I fill my day with stuff. You know, I, I keep cooking constant, not constantly, you know, I do take breaks, but I make sure everybody is well, well fed. And it is tiring. I mean, it's tiring, especially after about the second week. I mean, cause like I said, you can't leave your job. You know, you don't go home at night. You don't go home on the weekends. Uh, you know, you can't even take, you know, go down the street to the to the grocery store or quick stop or something, the gas station. You know, you never leave your job. It's it's work, eat and sleep. And you have to be dedicated and you have to be focused. So but we do have a lot of fun. We do have a lot of fun. We all get along together. We joke. I get tickled because when I was on the Keegan, I started with this one guy. He was 18 years old was not going to stay there. No way. His dad was making him do it, you know, and he started when he was 18, said, I'm only going to do it maybe a year. By the time I left the Keegan, I had baked him his 25th birthday cake. So, you know, so he's, it was, it was nice. And I've had some of my deckhands come in and they'll say, 
Miss Kim, you're just like my mom. I can tell you anything and you never judge me. You never get mad at me. You just listen to what I have to say. And I, I get tickled. My son is here right now, but my young deckhands, they always say, we can tell when you're really missing your son because you start making all our favorite desserts and any cookie we want. <laughs> so, and it's true. <laughs> well, with all that work going on, do you end up finding any time to sightsee, look out the window, go to the, the second deck and oh. look out? Yes, on the Keegan, I really did. You know, the the uh, Heller is set up a little bit different, but yeah, I can tell uh, the Keegan might uh, think there was a, a window right above my sink, so I could always tell. And especially, you know, the Cumberland River is so pretty, so pretty, and all the houses. And I've always said that Nashville has the prettiest skyline. I don't care where I've been; Nashville has a pretty skyline. Uh, and on the Illinois River, I'll, you know. I can always tell when I start getting a little bit grouchy, I need to get outside and see, get some air and see some things. And I see so much wildlife. And when I ride, I had a friend that told me if I ever got the chance to ride up above St. Louis to do it because the upper is beautiful. And let me tell you, it's, I compare it to the rivers where I'm from, you know, because it's, it's almost clear, you know, when you get up above St. Louis and closer to St. Paul and it is a sportsman's paradise. I mean, just, just gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous, but it's cold. I'm not really meant for cold weather. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did make mention of it. Tell me uh, about that trip from St. Paul to New Orleans. Well, see, now I've done it not all at once, you know, but I have rode, you know, cause I trip over a lot. Um, uh, I got to say one thing, down south, it moves a little bit slower and everybody's, you know, it's a little bit easier going. Of course, it's warmer down there, you know, and you get a, uh, let's see, how can I say it? You get your southern people, which I love because I consider myself to be from the south, even though it's, you know, southern Missouri. Um, learn to cook a whole lot of Creole food <laughs> and they love it up north, I can tell you this. <laughs> you know, for a girl who's from Missouri, I can make a good gumbo and a good etouffee. I was just going to say when I'm down in Baton Rouge, uh, they, now I love their uh, capital right down there on the waterfront. And uh, just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a different life down South. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. A whole different, whole different atmosphere. So do you have anything else to share about the industry or I guess what it's meant to you so far? Uh, it's given me a better life. It's given me a whole different outlook. I've had a lot of changes in my life since I started. It's hard to be married. I didn't let, you know, I'm not married. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> um, but I, would, I wouldn't change it for anything. I absolutely would not change it for anything. There was a little lady that uh, used to live in my hometown and all of her sons, she had four sons and every one of them was a captain for a different company. And she would tell me, she'd stop me in the aisle at Walmart and she would say, Boy, now, Kim, the river's been good to my boys. Now, you stick with it, Kim. You stick with it. And so I, I just have, and I encourage anyone to do it. It's not anything you can't do, you know. And I've made some good friends, some lifetime friends, and I wouldn't change it for anything. Well, what's the best part of the job? I only worked six months. <laughs> yeah. I only worked six months. Um I like the people I work with. I like what I'm doing. And also I get to leave. There are sometimes I just can't get out of my hometown fast, fast enough. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, it's just, you can't always run from things, but you put yourself in a different atmosphere and it'll give you a whole different look, look on life. Um, 
but especially since I've been on Koi's boat, I have, my walk with God is so much better, you know, and I think it's the peace I've had in my life, you know, since I've started on the boats and the people I've worked with. And it's, uh, my life has changed so much just in the past five years, but it could be because I'm getting old, you know, <laughs> but I'm appreciating things so much more, so much more. I'm glad to hear it. And I appreciate you doing this. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully someday, maybe we'll see you down river. How's that? We'll keep in touch. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.